Welcome to North Liberty Library's Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast, a series of universal talks gently guided by open hearts and open minds. Listen to ignite the light in you and to appreciate the light in others. Hello, I'm Kelly with North Liberty Library, and I thank you for joining us today on Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast. You can also catch Love, Light, and Lit on Facebook every Monday at 12 noon central. Be sure to follow North Liberty Library on Facebook to get notifications. Today's guest once gave his TED Talk audience a question to ponder. When you think about the word library, what word immediately comes to mind? The answers varied, but they all came back to one common goal, connection. Shemichael Holman has made the concept of public spaces like libraries being beacons of connection his life's work. He currently serves as both a senior library manager at the historic Cosset Library in Memphis, as well as a teaching fellow for the Center for Social Impact Strategy. His passions, connecting people and combating social isolation, are both evident in his latest project. Reimagining the Civic Commons is a three-year national initiative with revitalization projects focused on five U.S. cities. Shermichael's goal is to foster engagement and economic development in our public spaces, including our local libraries, which will be the focus for today's chat. Welcome, Shermichael. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. It's great to be with you. Absolutely. So it is really so good to have you on before we started recording audience. I was just telling Michael that I was just so enthralled by his TED talk and his journey into civic engagement. So Michael, please tell us a bit more about that journey and how your work at the library impacts it. Yeah. So I currently serve as the library manager for Cossett Library, which is located in the heart of downtown Memphis. We are part of the Memphis Public Library System. Uh, there are 18 branches across the city of Memphis. And, you know, we do just an amazing work. I'm constantly in awe of the work that the libraries in the city do. In 2018, uh, we closed the doors of Cosset. So Cosset is kind of right in the heart of downtown, direct view of the Mississippi River. It is one of the most amazing views in the city of Memphis. We closed the library and began to kind of ask ourselves, you know, what is the role that this library can play, not only in the immediate community, but, you know, even in the broader community, you know, how do we be not only a neighborhood branch, but also a destination branch. And so with that came a ton of community engagement. We went to parks, we went to community centers, we went to downtown businesses, we spoke to civic clubs, we spoke to entrepreneurs, to artists, to try to get a sense of what this space could truly be. And we've been working since that time to create a space that truly meets the needs of the diverse population that is Memphis. And we are just a few months away from reopening. In the meantime, we have been doing a lot of kind of pop-up library programming throughout downtown and the city, trying to kind of test out what sticks and what doesn't. And that's been a lot of fun. And a lot of the civic engagement activity has been kind of wrapped up in that. You just mentioned you used this time during the closing to really do a lot of pop-up events, a lot of interaction and outreach. How do you know what works and what doesn't work? 
So, you know, the community tells us as we go out and do these things, we really are able to kind of get a sense of what people really like. So, you know, one of the things that we are kind of wrapping up now uh, that we've been engaged in for a couple of months, actually, was a community conversation with the creative entrepreneurs in this city. I mean, there are some amazing folks here, people who, you know, design T-shirts and jewelry and art, theatrical performers. And we have, over the last probably three months, sat down with over 100 artists and artist organizations to say, hey, what do you need? You know, how might the library come alongside you to help you do the things that you do? And very quickly, we were able to see, you know, people said, hey, there's a lack of affordable and accessible performance space to be able to rehearse and to perform. Right. And we thought, hey, rather than us doing these activities ourselves, let's design the space in such a way where we can invite these individuals to come to the library and do their thing. Right. And so that sort of listening ear, even when we go out and do programs, you know, whether that's a take and make event at a local park or, you know, some kind of broader conversation about the direction of the city, we try to use those events primarily as listening events, right? To understand, you know, who's coming to these events? Why are they here? What kind of, what's their motivation? Do they want to see more of these types of events or different things? And, you know, we've found just in kind of listening to the community that we get a pretty good understanding of what they want. Wow, that's great. And I love how you took the time to engage a population like artists, because I think that that's something, you know, in my position as public services librarian here at North Liberty Library, it's important that we look outside of the box of what we consider to be the average patron. Artists, business people, these are professionals, these are populations who I think sometimes get overlooked by libraries as potential feedback into how we can create better services. You know, and I mentioned your TED Talk at the beginning of the intro because as a librarian whose main goal is community engagement, I really connected with what you said. There was one quote in particular I wanted you to expound on. You said, libraries have the opportunity to serve as a bridge to introduce us to people we might not otherwise see. And you've just mentioned with your engagement of the artists that particular point. How do libraries work to emulate that and accomplish that goal to reach out to people we might not otherwise see? Part of the reason why we're able to do this work, renovating and reimagining this library, is thanks to a national initiative called Reimagine the Civic Commons, right? And you mentioned it. It is a robust learning network of individuals who are just thinking about the ways in which we use and fund and maintain public spaces, right? So our parks, our libraries, our community centers, our waterfronts, right? And now that network is actually expanded to 10 cities across the United States. And there are a couple of goals, a couple of outcomes that the initiative is really pushing to achieve. And one of those is social economic mixing, right? So the degree to which in any program that we do, any event that we have at our library, that we've got a range of diversity, right? Not only in color, but even in income level, in education, right? And so even just kind of explicitly making that a goal, hey, what does it look like for us to, as we design library programs, as we think about who do we want to partner with in the community, how do we keep this front and center that we want to make sure that, yes, libraries do a wonderful job in serving marginalized groups, right, and should never stray away from that. But how do we kind of take this love and appreciation people have for libraries, create spaces where 
we see diverse audiences, right? So I think there are a couple of things that you do. Of course, a lot of the conversation right now is around design, whether it's the physical, the architectural design look like, how do we create beautiful spaces that entice people to come? But I think that other things that have to take place, the staffing, do you have a welcoming staff? Are they trained and equipped to be able to welcome people who might come through the doors who look different than them, who have different political beliefs than them? What does that welcome look like? Do people feel like, hey, I can go in this space and feel welcome and see a little bit of me, right? And so that also extends to the collection. You know, can people walk in and see books that represent their interests and they can see themselves in those books and those resources? And then, of course, program. Are we doing the sorts of programs and are we doing them in a way that attracts people? And so one of the things that we have done with the artists and the creative entrepreneurs, we've made a decision that, you know, hey, we're not going to do all the programming ourselves. We really see ourselves in many ways as a host. And we want to find the individuals and the organizations that are looking and don't have the space to be able to do their thing and say, hey, library is here for you. And we think opening up the space in that way and really just kind of serving as host that there are unique shows and programs that would happen that we couldn't do as librarians, that we don't even have the expertise or whatever to do. And then in doing those shows that they kind of, by nature, attract a different audience, right? And so we can say, hey, we've got all these organizations that are doing things. We can host them in the library, and then we can layer on programming in a way that people might interact with each other, right? So that if we've got two floors here, on the second floor, we've got a program that's engaging a certain type of interest, and it's happening at, say, 10 o'clock, and that's going to end at 11 o'clock, then we can fire up another event that's happening at 1130 on the first floor that's a completely different interest, right? And so now you've got an opportunity for people just to kind of mix. You know, as one group is leaving, another group is coming in. The socioeconomic mixing. There you go. I really like that concept. I know that that is one of the four main goals of reimagining the Civic Commons. And audience, we will link a PDF of some of the highlights of that program in the link below. But I want to give some space to you, Shamichael, to talk a bit more about reimagining the Civic Commons. I've done some reading on it. I think it's a fabulous program, and I think our audience would love to hear kind of how that program came to be, um, how you chose your five host cities, your five demonstration cities, and where that program is headed. So please tell us about reimagining. Yeah. So, you know, that is not anything that I started. It is a wonderful initiative that is funded by some amazing organizations, the Knight Foundation, the Kresge Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, the JPB Foundation. Started a few years back with its first demonstration city in Philadelphia and then added four more cities, Chicago, Detroit, Memphis and Akron, Ohio, and recently brought on five more cities. We're just one city that's a part of that initiative. Again, we're thinking about it's a learning network of individuals from all of these cities, you know, who are in parks, who are in libraries, who are urban planners, who work for city departments, and are just thinking about the power of public space, the ability of public space to connect people from various backgrounds to one another. And to think about how we design these spaces, how we operate these spaces, how we manage these spaces to really achieve those outcomes. So I've been a part of this initiative now. I came in a few years after it got started, been a part of this initiative now since mid-2017. And in that time, I've been able to travel to some of the cities, Philadelphia, gone to Chicago, gone to Detroit, and seeing the ways in which, you know, these civic catalysts and really innovative folks are using public space to bring people together in some really unique ways. And if your audience is interested in that, they can go to uh, both the website, which is civiccommons.us, but also there is a Medium page 
medium.com slash reimagining dash of the civic commons. You can read about how that project is taking shape in the other cities and how that project is really working to advance these goals of civic engagement and social economic mixing and those sorts of things. Nice. I love it. We'll definitely have those in the show notes, both the medium site and the main site for reimagining. Now, as a proud native of Chicago, I was thrilled to see that it was included as one of the demonstration cities. What has been some of the feedback that you've gotten from some of the organizations? Because I know that the organizations aren't limited to just libraries. You're engaging parks, plazas, trails. You're engaging a plethora of community spaces. What has been the feedback over the years? You've worked with the program since 2017. What has been some of the best feedback you've gotten so far from these demonstration cities? I think that there are a few things that come out of that. You know, the first thing is these outcomes that, you know, really trying to measure of socioeconomic mixing and civic engagement and value creation and sustainability that these are things that matter. This kind of mix of outcomes is absolutely important to the work that public spaces do. But the things that I am hearing, you know, from people on the ground, both individuals who are doing the work, but also the citizens, you know, who are partaking in these beautiful spaces, I would say first that in each of these cities, I've been able to spend time with the people who live in these neighborhoods, who visit these parks, who visit these libraries. And there's just an overwhelming sense of pride and joy that people have in this project, you know, everyone loves to be able to know that, you know, they can enjoy a nice park in their neighborhood, right? They don't have Mm -hmm. to go all the way across town to be able to have a nice park. They don't have to be able to go all the way across town to have a nice library, right? So people enjoy nice things and people will take pride in those things. And I think from the individuals that are doing the work, you know, these individuals are trying to advance not only these outcomes, but they're doing it in a way that I think is very, very impactful. There are a number of principles that kind of guide the work, right? So you think about this principle of we want to create spaces that have the ability to attract a wide variety of people. Not only do we want to attract people, you know, not only do we want to kind of have this transactional way of being with one another, you know, where you come to the space and you participate in the program and you leave, or you come to a space and you get a library book and you leave, we really are trying to kind of flip that to become more relational in nature, right? So that people begin to think, oh, wow, hey, this is my library. This is my park. I can have pride in this. If I see a piece of trash, I can pick it up. I can go to my city council person and say, hey, make sure you're funding these spaces adequately, right? So sense of pride that's bubbling up because of projects like this is really amazing to see. Absolutely. Now, with Everything that libraries have gone through, I mean, I know this expands to the nation and the world, but with everything that has gone on with the pandemic, libraries in particular were forced to do kind of an about face and, you know, switch all of their programming to virtual and to engage more virtual spaces, which in turn has led to some ambivalence to people returning physically to the library. How do libraries reinvigorate civic engagement and community engagement with the Delta variant, mask mandates, and everything that's going on both politically and health-wise. How do libraries find their footing again with the community after last year? Wow. I know that's a lot. And you know, I'm asking this not only as a good host to ask, but also as a librarian as a patron of other libraries, you know, we've sensed there's been some ambivalence for patrons coming back in the libraries. I don't think we're alone in that. How do we re-engage? 
our community after this pandemic? First off, that's just a wonderful broader conversation that I would love to be part of because it's so nuanced, right? I think that, you know, you mentioned so many things that are present, you know, how did the library respond? What's happening on the ground kind of in that individual community, right? I imagine that looks different, you know, for a library that's located in a rural part of the country than a library that's in the heart of an urban core. It seems like they're a mix of things. I know for here, at least with us, I can only speak to kind of what we've been doing here on the ground. We were closed for quite some time, like everybody else. I mean, you know, we pivoted to online and virtual programming. And a lot of those programs, Kelly, you know, we were just kind of checking on people. We we're just like, man, how are you doing? Like, we know you're yeah. here for the club. We know you're here for this cooking class. But we just kind of want to know, like, man, like, are you okay? You need an opportunity to just decompress. Because if so, we'll provide this space for you, right? But there were also other things that we did. You know, we partnered with organizations in the city. We delivered meals. We provided hotspots to folks. I give hats off to our leadership, mm-hmm. Director Tina McCloy and just the entire Memphis Public Library leadership did a really good job of just kind of fostering relationships with the community and providing valuable service. And so, you know, one of the things that we saw is that when we opened the doors back up, certainly there was some hesitancy, but people by and large have been coming back. Of course, you know, we're masking, we're disinfecting, encouraging social distance, right? And those sorts of things. And, you know, what we've seen is that particularly the individuals that really needed the service, you know, to be able to get on a computer, to apply for a job, to check email, what have you. Those individuals came back immediately. But then just, you know, your book lovers and all the other things that the library provides, those individuals are also coming back. You know, not necessarily staying as long as they might have stayed before, but they're definitely coming back. And of course, we haven't stopped virtual programming and we're finding a lot of success in outdoor programming as well. Even with Civic Commons, Bridging by Civic Commons, you know, we think about encouraging people to connect with nature, right? And so we've moved a lot of our story times to the local park and found a lot of success there. Looking at those opportunities to change how we provide services and how we have events, I think last year, 2020, really forced our hand in that. And that's a good thing because it really made us listen more closely to our community, to what they need, especially in a time of peril like last year. Now, how do other libraries get involved or emulate what the project is doing in the five demonstration cities? I would encourage librarians to check out both the Civic Commons website and then the Medium site. There's a lot of information there. Some of it's library specific, but I think there are a lot of just principles. You know, how do we adopt these outcomes? How do we develop our programming through a lens that we're seeking to ensure diverse audiences are there? We're looking to ensure that we kind of include a sense of civic engagement, that we want people to take some ownership in the library. One of the things that we've been doing as a part of our community engagement work with CASIT is a very simple survey where we're asking people a series of questions, right? And one of those questions is, hey, what types of programs, activities, events do you want to see? What would you be interested in learning when we open this library back up in the fall? And people have provided a number of responses. And then the last question is, okay, well, what skill, what gift, what talent, what ability do you have that you might be willing to share mm-hmm. in a public space, in the public library, right? Yeah. And it's creating this really interesting database of, you know, people, you know, you've got four or five people who say, well, hey, I'd really love to learn a new language, or I'd really love to get some classes on coding, right? And then these other people who are saying, hey, I code all day for work. I have no problem once a quarter or every now and then coming and mm-hmm. teaching the introductory 
coding class or ukulele class, right? And yes, we as librarians can do that. But again, if we can step back and play that host role, there's a whole new set of possibilities that emerge. And now, of course, that's not an easy thing to facilitate. It can get a little messy, right? You've got to do it in the right way. But it creates a really interesting thing. So I would encourage librarians to, number one, check out the Civic Commons webpage. And then number two, check out the Medium site. And then one other thing that I'm kicking off, and this will be live by the time your listeners hear this, is a new initiative that is for librarians that will start in December. It's an eight-month learning network called Libraries as Bridges, and it'll be composed of library professionals and civic catalysts across the country. Mm-hmm. And our main goal is to kind of seek to understand and advance and evaluate the role that libraries play in promoting civic renewal and advancing the ideas of a healthy American democracy, right? So right. we are, over the course of eight months, going to just really dive in and really figure out and talk about what does it specifically mean for libraries and librarians? And that'll be open to any library system or librarian that wants to be a part of that. There's absolutely no charge for that. It is going to just be a mutual aid where we just kind of come together and talk about best practices and things that we can do going forward. Well, you already know I'm going to be a part of this initiative. And <laughs> I think I speak for our library that this has just been such an awesome chat And Shamichael, I am so glad that you are doing this work in part with Reimagining the Civic Commons. Again, listeners, we will put both the Reimagining site and the Medium site in the show notes. So please feel free to check those out. Shamichael, again, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to have you hang on while I wrap up. But everyone, thank you again for joining us here at the Love Light Lit podcast. I'm Kelly. This is presented by the North Liberty Library. And just to recap, we talked with Shamichael Hallman about libraries in reconnection and the Reimagining the Civic Commons Initiative. Again, I urge you to check the show notes for today's episode to find out more about his work and resources. And also, please visit NorthLibertyLibrary.org for additional programming and services. Thank you so much for listening.